Welcome in to the new PFF NFL Daily. Here's a recent snippet from the PFF NFL podcast. Is it the right call to just cut bait and say the Russ thing isn't going to work? We're going in a different direction. Because whatever the performance has been this year, it's been wildly better than it was a year ago. And I think generally moving in the right direction, I don't know that you would look at this version of Russell Wilson and say, there's no way I can make this work. This is a complete train wreck. I got to get rid of this guy, knowing that it's going to be extremely painful from a, you know, a salary cap standpoint, and we have to go in a different direction. I mean, I know there's all kinds of crazy box score comparisons out there with like Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes and all this kind of stuff, but just high level, immediate take. Is this even the right call? Yeah, it's a no-brainer. I know it sounds maybe uh, a bit surprising. You and I talked about this in October, and I actually wrote an article about it for the website on October 17th that the Broncos needed to move on from Russell Wilson this offseason and that, frankly, we should be expecting them to bench him at some point during the season. I even mentioned the kind of Derek Carr, Jarrett Stidham. You know, if Jarrett Stidham gets signed to your roster as a starter, you should be looking over that shoulder of yours. So at a high level, it's actually very simple here because – Yes, it is the biggest dead cap hit total in NFL history. It'll be $85 million in dead cap for the Broncos. The record right now is about $40 million for Matt Ryan. So we're more than doubling that overall. Next year, it'll be $35.4 million. It'll actually be net neutral on the Broncos' 2024 salary cap. But the reason why it has to be done, A, like you said, yes, it did look better He's also 35 years old, though, and some of the better was still the out-of-structure, dancing around, throwing up prayer, jump balls to Cortland Sutton in the corner of the end zone. That is not a repeatable thing when you're 25, much less 35. And then, secondly, if they waited beyond the date that everyone's talking about now, a couple days into the 2024 league year in March, they'd kick in a $37 million fully guaranteed salary for 2026, uh, or excuse me, 2025, um, when Russ would be 37 years old. Um, and, and so the dead cap would actually be larger. It'd be $86 million if they waited a year, let him play in 2024, and then did the same thing. It'd be more of a financial penalty. So it looks horrible. I get it. It might cause people to lose their jobs, and, and that's unfortunate, whatever, yada, yada. It has to be done. What is your take on the way that, because this apparently started brewing right about when you were talking about, right? Like October. And they came to Russ and they said, hey, look, if you don't drop this or if you don't push back the date that this extra injury money kicks in, we're going to bench you because we don't want to risk, uh, we don't want to risk that money. We've already decided effectively in October, you're done here. You're not going to you know, be the quarterback beyond this. We're going to move in a different direction. In order to do that, we need to be safe for that money. So they, they effectively tried to strong arm him into moving, moving away from that clause in his contract with the threat of benching him if it didn't happen. Evidently, Russ got the NFLPA involved. The whole thing dragged on until eventually, you know, last week, effectively, they, they sat him down. Um, what is your read on, because I, I read a thing about uh, from Andrew Brandt, you know, who is a, a former Packers executive, writes a lot about the sort of business side of the NFL. And he was basically like, look, you know, we know the NFL is a business. I had to talk to players all the time with uncomfortable requests and essentially threaten them to, hey, take a pay cut or we'll cut you. And I had to be willing to do that. That's part of the business. What's your read on how, you know, dirty or otherwise that was as a request? Because it is interesting to me that the NFLPA got involved. So it's not like it's just, you know, standard routine, take a pay cut or we cut you. Clearly something here was at least 
at least skirting the line, if not directly over it. Yeah, unfortunately, I think it is just a reality of the NFL. I mean, there's a bunch of different examples I could point to here. Even something that kind of grinds my gears every single offseason is there's something called the proven performance escalator where a rookie contract player can earn an elevated salary in the fourth year of their deal. Teams, probably three, four times a year, they'll go to that player and say, if you don't reduce it back to the original number, and these are things the players earn by playing a lot of snaps and being a contributor on the team on their rookie deal, they say, if you don't reduce it back to the original number, we're just going to cut you. So it's like that is not protected. And it goes to a larger conversation of NFL contracts, unless it is fully guaranteed, not injury guaranteed with a kick in later or any other mechanism, the team can can work around that. And like, like Andrew Brandt said, it's a business. They can go with these uncomfortable requests. So look, I'm not going to say it's commonplace that things like this happen, but it's not the first time this has happened. And I think that the thing here is to threaten to say like, hey, we're going to bench you immediately if you if you don't move this trigger date for a future guarantee because we don't want you to get hurt and then lock us into that $37 million I mentioned. You know, you probably don't see it that often where it's a legit threat kind of holding it over and saying you're going to stop playing tomorrow unless you do this. But that's the obvious, like, they don't need to say that. That's the obvious outcome. If this doesn't happen, we are not comfortable taking the risk of if you tear your ACL and can't pass a physical on March 20th of 2024, we're going to have to bench you. So whether it was explicitly said or not, it's obvious what the implication is. I don't know. Look, I'm pro player. I don't like to see it. It sucks. Like, the guy signs a contract. He's supposed to get this money. It happens all the time. Unfortunately, it's why there needs, needs to be more and more of a push for guarantees in later years, and also not just vested guarantees, but fully guaranteed dollars in later years of contracts. Otherwise, the door is open for moves like this to happen. Do you, one of the takeaways from Brandt's article was that he thinks the Broncos look kind of toothless in this because they obviously threatened that, hey, drop the thing, otherwise we bench you. And then two months went by before they actually did it. Now, was that simply because it, the NFLPA got involved and it became a legal wrangle? Or did they actually like bluff, get called on it, and then not have the guts to pull the trigger until two weeks before the end of the season? Interesting, because like unfortunately, the gray area of you could just say, "Hey, we're, we don't like what we see. We need a spark." Kind of like the, right. the messaging you got after the fact. Like you can always say that, and who can deny it? And, and the funny part is when they went to him. I know some stats look good, but I, I, I thought he wasn't good the first six weeks of the season. I thought he was good against like Buffalo, Kansas City, like some of those games where you saw some of those highlight plays from him, limiting the negatives. I do think a lot of it was Sean Payton just kind of neutering is probably a bit of a strong word, but I mean, <laughs> they didn't let him do anything for like half the, half the time they were playing. Yeah. So it was kind of funny how the timing went out, but they can bench him whenever they want. And but like the, say, yeah, we, we don't see what we like. It. We want to go a different direction. You know, whatever the case may be, it was interesting how they waited. Was that giving themselves plausible deniability, waiting for a bad game, things of that nature? I, I don't really think so. But yeah, whenever the union gets involved, it probably does, you know, spark some larger issue. But anyway, maybe, you know, so f fully guaranteed, by the way, means guaranteed for skill, injury, and cap. And injury guaranteed usually just means for injury. Maybe there's a mechanism here if it was, you know, skill and injury and, and not cap. Like you can. It's not really common, but you can do different things like that. Um, skill obviously means like we just don't think you're good enough for what we're paying you, um, and that is obviously the bucket we're falling into here. Cap is we can't afford it. We don't think it's worth paying you because of you know our cap implications, whatever. 
Long answer short, though, you, you, you as a team have the directive to just say we don't like what we're seeing. We want to go a different direction. Like you know, and I think it's 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 that that was arguable with Russell Wilson pretty much the entirety of the year. And I think the earlier they make that call, I mean, if they did it, like the earlier this season they make the call, the easier it is to defend. It actually get got harder the longer they waited. I, I don't quite understand what was happening there if it wasn't simply waiting for the NFLPA and whatever negotiations were taking place behind the scene to resolve themselves because. You know, the, the start to the season, at least record-wise, was horrendous. They had a much easier argument to make then than, like, when they did it. So that the timing is certainly very weird. Um, now let's sort of the, – the two other areas I want to talk about. Number one, the state that it leaves Denver in and what their options are because that's the fascinating other side of this. Like, when the Raiders moved on from Derek Carr, again, it made a lot of sense. Okay, I get entirely why you would say, I've had enough of the Derek Carr train, we're jumping off, we're going in a different direction. The problem was the direction they then went. Like, they, they jumped off the train and didn't find another one. So, Denver is now sitting here. Okay, they have a first-round pick. They are currently picking 14 overall, um, and they're locked in a battle with four, four or five teams at that spot. That could go in either direction with this final week of the season. But they have one first-round pick. They don't have a second. They then have a third, a fourth, a couple of fifths, and a seventh. So are they immediately drafting a rookie quarterback? How screwed is their salary cap with the Russell Wilson thing? Do they have any hope of pivoting to a different veteran of any description? Or is this, it's a rookie, come what may? DraftKings Sportsbook still pumping out unbeatable offers every single game. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Bet on anything, five bucks. DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener uh, sweetener offer every single game where you can get in on the football action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code PFF. So you can go check out Monday Night Football tonight. You got Niners, you got the Vikings. You can go do it right now. If you're a new customer, you can bet just $5 on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code PFF, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in ONT. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.com. Sorry. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football. Terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. Yeah, so that is the interesting thing you mentioned, the timing. Like, they were actually in the playoff race and legitimately could have been a wild card in the AFC when the thing went down. Um, and, and so this thing is, the, the Raiders ended up getting pick seven last year, and I know it's kind of been reported now. I mean, I can tell you firsthand, like, the, the Raiders were trying to get to number one, right. um, maybe try to get to number two. They were trying to get a rookie quarterback. So Sean Payton comes from a New Orleans Saints team that if he asked to do something, trade up 20 picks in the first round or – restructure every single contract on the roster so they could add more talent, they did it. And I'm fairly confident when he was talking to the, the Waltons and going to Denver, he expects the exact same thing. So I do think that, hey, maybe they lose this week unless they're picking 12th. Um, 
hey, I like Jaden Daniels a lot. I've spent a lot of time in Louisiana. Let's go trade up to six and get him, you know, whatever you have to do there. I think that is a potential option. Or, you know, are you a Michael Penix fan? Are you whatever? Um, and then, yes, they actually can. If they want to go the Kirk Cousins route or, or maybe, you know, explore a trade, there isn't really kind of that Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford option this year. At least it seems right now. But anyway, they actually have a lot of cap flexibility. They can, you know, trade some players, restructure some contracts, outright cut some players. I actually ran through the scenario yesterday, so I'll quickly pull this up for us. But they can create, you know, get get to about $60 million in cap space um, by making, I don't think, any move that would be controversial or crazy. So restructure Zach Allen, who's been great this year, Mike McGlinchey, Ben Powers. Those three restructures, you're already saving about $27 million. Uh, you can extend a Garrett Bowles, maybe a Cortland Sutton. You clear $20 million there. Um, and then, you know, maybe you trade a Jerry Judy, $13 million. Maybe you trade a Justin Simmons. That's about $14.5 million. And then, you know, cut Tim Patrick, the wide receiver. It's $10 million right there. So those moves I mentioned, I don't think any of those are crazy. Yeah, I just I just cleared $70 million in gap space. And that, so if they, if they did that to find a veteran this year, does that come back to haunt them in the following year, or are they still okay? Not really. I mean, 2025 is going to be tough for sure. That 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 year, Russ will have a $50 million dead cap hit. So right. still the record, uh, you know, above Matt Ryan in a single year after already eating 35 the year before. But again, that's just kind of the nature of, you know, the salary cap and, and the way Sean Payton certainly views it based on the last decade of his career in the NFL. Is it, does, does it help? No. Does it, are you, <laughs> does it hamper your ability to do some things? Yeah, maybe. But will the 2025 Denver Broncos still have a healthier salary cap than the New Orleans Saints of the last decade? Yes. <laughs> All right. That's that's a pretty big revelation. I mean, I just assumed without looking into it because you know you were coming on the show you do that for me so without even looking at it i'm like okay they're screwed (laughs) they have no no kind of cap flexibility they have to get a rookie and that like last year with the raiders i think shows you how dangerous that is right because like you said they wanted a rookie they wanted to trade up to go get a guy and from number seven weren't able to or yeah seven weren't able to make that happen right the raider or the, the the broncos are currently scheduled to pick 14 and okay, it's a different quarterback class, you know, different dynamic, but like there's absolutely no guarantee you can get the guy that you want to get or get one of the guys you want to get from that position, even if you're willing to be aggressive and, you know, go trade up and whatever. You need to make the move happen. And if you don't, that's how you end up in that Raiders situation where you're like, you know, plan E or whatever is Jimmy Garoppolo and you just look ridiculous. So it's dangerous trying to play that game. So the fact that they have the flexibility to potentially go in a veteran direction instead, I think is huge for them. Um, one more thing to point out or to, to clarify before we get on to the second thing. I'm assuming there's zero chance anybody trades for Russell Wilson, correct? That's the interesting thing here, too. And it ties into the salary cap and all of that. And, and Jason Fitzgerald at Over the Cap was the first person to kind of flesh this out a little bit. And it makes a lot of sense. Is And I would guess that now this is not an option. But maybe they circle back and, and cooler heads prevail if you go to Russell Wilson and say, look, we can just outright post June 1st cut you. You're going to have these massive offsets in your guarantees that another team is probably not going to say, look, we'll sign you for a near minimum contract because we're not going to beat out the 37 or, you know, I think next year he's owed about $40 million. Like we're not going to beat that. Right. So, so why would we not just sign you for a minimum? You come in here, we can build around you. We will spend the extra money around you or, for optics, for you know, for for pride, whatever they say, Russ, 
restructure this to a two-year, $50 million contract, a Kirk Cousins-esque contract, and maybe someone will send us a sixth-round pick. They bring you in on that deal. You're happy. We're happier. Like, you know, anyway, that was an option, I think, previously. Now that we've had, you know, the NFLPA involved and a, and a battle in the court of public opinion, you know, the, the insider battle and all that, it's probably not an option anymore. In theory, it could have been, but yeah, probably not. So then we end up in a situation where Russ is cut. Now, who is interested in Russell Wilson? Because on the one hand, it, it, the numbers say it was actually pretty good this year. On the other hand, most people watching tape are like, yeah, this is better, but it's still far from ideal. And Russ, he's not going back to the player he used to be. What you're going to get is a guy that can be functional in a very specific offense with very strict limitations on what it asks him to do, requires him to do, and it's still all of the success is going to come like outside of the structure and the design. It's a very weird sort of thing to be hitching your wagon to as a quarterback. You need to be, I don't want to say desperate, but you need to be in a, in a rough quarterback situation, I think, to be interested in that. And I think one team to me jumps out to the top of the list, uh, not even a rough quarterback situation, but also the structure of their offense, at least the first half of the season, didn't even exist, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, say, hey, look, you got George Pickens, Deontay Johnson. We'll bring in whatever play caller you like to work with, you know, one of your buddies from from Seattle or or Denver, whatever, um, and we'll just build build this train around you. Kenny's going to be here, but you guys have a quarterback battle, but we'll just let you win that battle, you know, whatever the result may actually be. Um, and we it can be our version of Aaron Rodgers passing the torch back off to Zach Wilson that's the one that makes a ton of sense to me. I've seen like Atlanta. I think Arthur Smith, it wouldn't work. Like he wants this kind of rhythm and timing, quick outs offense that, right. that Sean Payton wants. So anyway, Pittsburgh, you know, jumps to the top of my list. If I had to think of a, a potential realistic landing spot. Um, how do you think that would dynamic would work with Mike Tomlin as the overall guy in charge there? Obviously, you know, somebody else is going to be running the offense, but like, I, I don't, I'm not quite sure how that sinks in my brain of like Mike Tomlin handling the Russell Wilson type of dynamic that you just described. Yeah, I mean, from like a locker room and all that standpoint, I think it would work. Um, you know, I think, well, first, I think Russ has been humbled and anything's going to be better than what he just dealt with with Sean Payton. Um, but also, Tomlin is a player friendly coach, players first coach, lets guys be themselves. I think you would love Russ from a standpoint of like being a leader of the team, you know, first guy in, last guy out, all the, you know, the two legendary Hall of Fame cliche people uh, and Mike Tomlin and Russell Wilson. Offense wise, I, I mean, again, not to be like, you know, <laughs> disrespectful uh, he let Matt Canada coach the offense for three years so I think he's pretty flexible and pretty open-minded to what he's willing to watch on offense <laughs> um okay so you poo-pooed the idea of Atlanta uh other teams that I think I've seen talked about the New England Patriots simply because of how desperate they are particularly if they don't get the number two overall pick like if they don't have their chance of Drake May Caleb Williams they've got to go for QB3 or you know abandon the idea would the Patriots be interested in him? Um, Minnesota are potentially moving past Kirk Cousins this year. Who knows? He might come back. Uh, other teams, Washington, have no viable quarterback right now. Jacoby Brissett, Sam Howell. Neither of that is – either it hasn't worked this year or it's not the plan going forward. Uh, anybody else that jumps out as a potential option? Yeah, and I think Russ is – you know, it matters here. I believe it's been reported that he denied a trade to Washington in the first place. So, like, is he willing to go there? It's probably a variable – I mean, I guess if I was really grasping at straws, like 
maybe Daniel Jones's knee is in a certain spot. Like I do think that the flexibility contractually with Russ makes it very interesting. If that's not a that's not an element, like Las Vegas, let's say they move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, which we probably should expect, um, and then they, they can't get in in range for a quarterback, and they're not confident Aiden O'Connell is going to take that step. Maybe they get in the mix. The flashy name, Mark Davis likes the you know all that. I guess I'll throw that in there, but yeah, yeah. it's not the shortest list in the world, uh, but it's not the longest list either. Um, yeah, Vegas would be an interesting team. Ironically, they're almost in the same situation now as they were a year ago, <laughs> having failed last time to find the quarterback. So they're actually, I mean, Aiden O'Connell, I guess, is flash, but I, I doubt very much whether they could be comfortable going with Aiden O'Connell as plan A going into next year. It, how much, I mean, if just because, like, I think a guy like Sam Howell this year probably hurts Aiden O'Connell's chances of being given the same opportunity next year, right? Like, Washington just tried this. It crapped out. We're not going to give it a go. We're going to go in a different direction. If he develops on the sideline, cool, but we're not going to go with him as plan A. Because, you know, I think Washington, I'm not going to throw the T word around, but they kind of did just quietly tank and no one noticed because they're the commanders. We expect them to lose (laughs) 15 games a year. But um, the Raiders don't want to do that. They have a veteran roster. They have a good, uh, frankly, like it It honestly shows they do have a lot of talent that they're yeah. a 500 football team with all the turmoil and insanity off the field. And then, look, O'Connell's been fine, but obviously he's not elevating this team right now. So, yeah, I don't think they'd be interested in doing that because the Howell experiment was either he proves he's the guy or we're picking top three. And, you know, the, the latter bucket is where we land now. <laughs> 